It is the first annual this morning. It's going to be a different morning slash day. I understand that as you look at that schedule, it's slightly intimidating. You're like, hmm, that's a long day. Um, I hope it doesn't feel as long as it actually is. That's my hope. Um, We are going to be taking breaks throughout the day, plenty of them. And this is just to get us to what's going on in the church scenes where you're going to be able to sit at a table and discuss different elements of what's going on in the church and how we can be equipped and sent and be a body that is functioning correctly. Um, So it's it's good to be able to talk about local missions, international missions. What does this Sunday morning mean? Um, Missional communities, it's it's going to be good. And then DNA group, at the end of the day with Todd Moore, uh, especially excited to be able to, to be able to hear from him. Um, if, you have any, if you have any questions, first off, in particular, about um, DNA groups, now's the time to ask, guys. We've got a guy, a DNA expert coming in. Um, if you have any questions, you can text them to, I don't know if I have the number up here, but at some point, the slide is going to be up here, Christina. That's not, that's not your fault. That's my fault. Um, you can text them to 610, nope, here it is, 610-233-1330. I just found it. It was way back there, but I brought it up. Um, 610-233-1330. We'll see if that's correct later. Um, but yeah, so text that number and just text. It would be helpful for us if uh, you had some questions because he would love to not, not just come in and give us like some kind of a speech on DNA groups, uh, but to really be able to answer some um, pressing questions from the body. Um, so if you're like, hey, it feels like it's overwhelming. Um, why does it feel like there's way? Yes, guys, got it right. Um, why does it feel like uh, it, there's a pressure that we feel uh, in DNA groups to always do everything and it's not clicking the right way? It's a great question. Ask them. Um, so, yeah, send that in. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on today. We've got lunch coming. Um, we have a break coming up. We're going to spend a lot of the time, and just so you know what to expect, you're going to spend a lot of time in prayer. Um, that's our hope, is that as we look towards this next year, that we would be a people of prayer. Um, not that we haven't been, but that we would also see that any vision that is given to us is only going to happen through prayer. Um, and so today is going to include a lot of that. Uh, we're going to get a financial update at some point. So you're going to be able to figure out, okay, where did, our, where did the funds go this past year? What is this next year looking like? There's a, some exciting things that we're going to be able to just kind of celebrate um, what the Lord has done. Uh, there's going to be a chance for you to just Q&A with, with Brian and I. If you have any general questions for what's going on in the body, we would love to answer those. Um, and there's just going to be times of fellowship. I think there's actually, um, there's games with prizes at some point. Um, so if you like La Colombe, uh, there are some prizes I saw a mug out there. So um, it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a good day. All right. Uh, so today we are going to pick up where Brian left off. So let's go to Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And you're like, what? I thought this was vision day. Yes. Um, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we're going to pick up where we left off. Just because we're taking a break on the Christmas series doesn't mean that we take a break on Christmas. Let's do this. Um, All right, so let's start here. Uh, So as I began to think about this, um, I thought about my daughter, Josephine. You guys know JoJo. Um, She is a firecracker. I love it. So when I walk in the door, oftentimes, this is what I get. Like, she's standing there, and she literally, no matter where she is, she goes, 
you know? And she just starts running towards me, and her goal is to take me out, you know? Uh, and it happens all the time. And it's not even like just like when I walk in the house, it's like just like any room. Um, it, I think I trained her in that. There's been a lot of wrestling in the home. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she has an edge to her. But something that we've seen over the past, I don't know, two months, that has really, like that edge has really been, um, it's been cool to see how the Lord's going to use it. And one of the things that he does is like when she gets her mind set on something, she's going to do it. Uh, and so one of the things that she did recently was she learned how to snap. So like her and Annabeth tried it, um, but the, sure enough, every night JoJo is sitting there just like trying to snap. And then for like three days straight, she walked around like this because she figured out how to snap, you know. <laughs> and you're like, man, great, you know, she figured it out and she was not going to be denied. Um, another thing that she did was uh, jump rope. So she's in school now, right? So she... Um, she, she saw a bunch of kids jump roping. She's like, I want to know how to jump rope because that's what the cool kids do. Uh, and so she's jump roping. And she's like, Daddy, can you show me how to jump rope? So I jump rope, and it's like an opportunity to show off, you know? So you're just like, da, 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 going at it. And she's just like, whoa, like, how do you do that? And, you know, you, you give her a pointer as, as best you can. But in that moment, I tell her, you know, it's, it's actually, it's not about how high you jump. Um, it's more about the timing and the pace that you keep. And she's like, what is pace? You know? <laughs> no, she's, I'm just like, it's just timing. It's timing, you know? And so she's like, okay. And, and sure enough, she goes at it and like, tries it over and over and over again. I think last week she got like six of them, maybe seven. Um, but last night I got a video. Megan, Megan recorded her doing 75 of them in a row. And she's just like, <laughs> which is a lot of noise in the home, you know? It's just like, there's not a, we don't have a lot of space for that to happen. So it's like re- literally in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, she's, she's learning and she's determined. And as I thought about today, um, I thought, you know, there's a lot of things that we could do today. There's a lot of things that I, you know, I think I, could, I personally could get excited about. We've talked about what God is doing here in Philadelphia. We've talked about, you know, we come from a place that has planted 10 churches in 10 years. We would love to see God just plant churches all over the city. There's this massive vision that I think we're grabbing hold of. Um, but as I, as I thought about it more, and more, I thought maybe what we need is not um, something, another grand vision. Maybe what we need is clarity on the goal at hand. Um, because sometimes, um, sometimes clarity changes everything. And you can find yourself trying to jump higher when it's really all about timing. And so I think that's what my goal today is to come in here and say, it's not a new goal, but a clear understanding of the goal that's been given. Like, what are we aiming to do here? Um, I don't know if that's, like, disappointing for you or refreshing for you. We'll find out throughout the day. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think that's where where we sit. Let's talk about the heart of what we are trying to do here. Um, And I'm hoping that it's a really encouraging time for us. Maybe refining. Um, All right, let's read our passage. Luke 3, 1 through 6. This should be familiar to you. All right. Here we go. Um, Luke 3, 1 through 6. This is uh, John the Baptist. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight. And the rough places shall become level ways. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Let me pray. Hmm. 
Father, the task, um, or I think about it, the task that you have given us, um, it is a good task. Um, there is nothing wrong with um, the vision that you've given um, and the task at hand, the resources that you've given, the body that you're creating, uh, the saints that are growing, uh, Lord, the, the homes that are here now reaching neighbors throughout the city of Philadelphia. It's a good task. Today, Father, can you, can you re-energize us? Father, can you give us clarity towards the goal that would allow us to set down anything that is a hindrance to that goal and to maybe with a little more confidence move towards what it is you're calling us to. Father, we love you and we're grateful for today. We're grateful to be a part of your kingdom. In your name, amen. All right, so uh, today's message is gonna be called Kingdom Come. So if you're like, all right, I get it. Good, the clarity is what we're aiming for. So Kingdom Come. Um, as we talked about last week, Brian um, talked about John the Baptist in this scene. And what I love about this scene is that this is, like he said last week, this is something that they've heard before, right? You're standing at the Jordan River. And I got to listen to Brian's sermon, which was great, by the way, where there's this, you see now that John the Baptist is standing at the Jordan River with a mountain behind him and Jerusalem before him. And there's this like passable wilderness in the middle. And, and you're like, man, all throughout, you're like, what is going to happen? Like, how is God going to provide? And so these words that are said right here that were said from the prophet Isaiah before, where God promised from Babylon to Jerusalem, I'm making a way. And you get this idea that God's like moving mountains and like making paths straight. He's like reordering all of creation. It's like God is recreating and making a way for salvation the way that it was meant to be. And so this is the scene that we enter into, and that's where we come from today. But the question that we need to ask then is like, okay, so what happens next, <laughs> right? So you got John the Baptist standing at the river, and he's baptized, and Jesus gets baptized. Jesus goes into the wilderness, and then he comes back. And the question is like, what does he say? Like, what's next? Um, and this is where it is. Matthew four seventeen says this. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. So if Jesus is preaching, we ought to listen to what he's saying, right? So if there's this one message where it's just like, what does Jesus say? Like if, if Jesus, if he had a theme for his messages, what does he say? Um, he says, repent, and then the kingdom is at hand. The way that it's said in Mark, Mark 1, 14 through 15, says, now after John was arrested, well, that's a different story, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So over and over and over again, um, as I was reading uh, The Art of Neighboring, towards the end of the book, they have this, they just quote this, that Jesus says church three times in his gospels. Um, and the word kingdom is used 121 times. Um, he talks about a people. And so I think what I want to do today, and I think where we need to begin, is if we're going to have a vision, the first thing we need to make sure is that it's the same as the king that we have, right? Like if we're going to claim that we have a goal, it better be the same goal. <laughs> if we're going to prepare, the way that I think about it is like if you're going to prepare a plate, it better be the plate that he's expecting, 
right? Like you don't want to spend your entire life preparing a plate that was the wrong dish. And so as we look throughout, especially in Christmas time, and we talk about preparation, like God is, like we do all of this preparation, as, as Brian said last week. Um, but if you're not careful, you can find yourself failing to recognize that the glory of Christmas, like the glory of even just being a follower of Jesus, is not that we are preparing a way for God, but that he has prepared a table for us. We get to sit at that table as citizens. Like we get a place at the table that we don't deserve. That is the good news. So that is what happens here in Mark 1, 14 through 15, is you have the kingdom of God proclaimed. It's the message that Jesus carries. It's a table prepared for us. So my goal today is to just give clarity on what is the kingdom. We talked about it in, um, we talked about it in our Life in the Garden series. I almost forgot the name of the series already. It's gone poof, on the past. Um, we talked about it in our Life in the Garden series uh, about the kingdom. And when we talked about it, we talked about this future kingdom, uh, which is great uh, and exciting and God creating, recreating the between two gardens. Uh, but what we see here, especially in uh, Matthew 17, like, Jesus says, repent, the kingdom is at hand. So there's this, like, there's this both and happening here, where Jesus is like, I'm ushering in a kingdom, and there's a future kingdom. And the way that we're meant to see that is like what we talked about all throughout life in the garden is like the kingdom fully realized is still able to be like in part tasted today. Like the kingdom is the people of God. So just because we're not in the kingdom of heaven doesn't mean that we are not citizens of that kingdom. So what I want to do is I want to give clarity to the kingdom. Like for us here today, what are some crucial elements that I think for us are going to be just really, really helpful? We're going to be able to speak to one another. So as we go throughout the year and we talk to each other and we interact with each other and things are up and things are down. And life just happens, and everything just happens that like is normal in life. That we would begin to speak to each other as citizens of a kingdom, and not just part of a church plant, right? Like that's our goal here. So let's begin to think like citizens of that kingdom. The first thing that's most important about that is that the kingdom has a king. There's a lot of ways that we can take this. The kingdom has a king, um, and that's really good news for us. Like, you need to know that. Yes, that is good news. Why is that good news? Because the king bears the weight that only the king can bear, right? I don't know if you've ever been. We all serve in different ways within the church. We all serve in different ways within society. If you've ever been in a role in leadership, like, you know that there's a different level of authority that, and a different weight that comes with just leadership, wherever, whatever circles you're in. And it's like in part in the circles that we're in because there's ultimately, our, our, even our systems are broken. But what we see within the kingdom is that there is a true like leadership and authority with Jesus as king that only he can bear. Why? Because he is the one that purchased it, right? He's the one that makes us one. He is the one that unites us all together. And that's really good news for us. And with that, this is what he does with that. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
That's your king speaking. Um, and I think one of the things that um, if we're not careful, we can begin to believe that we are the savior of the world that we live in. Um, whether it be Fishtown, whether it be Philadelphia, wherever, we begin that we are the, begin to think that we are the savior for this thing. And I want to give you some good news. You're not. You're not. That's not your role. You are not this. And please don't carry that. It will crush you. It will be a burden for you. And what was meant to be something that was to be a joyful seat at the table will become a laborsome, tiring, like something that will wear you down to a point where you will begin to think, am I even cut out for this? And it could potentially be because you're trying to be something that you're not. He's the king. He is the king, and he is the savior. So uh, there's a couple things that I, I just wanted to help us think through this because immediately we're like, I, I think I understand that, but like I, I don't really... <laughs> Let me, help me understand if it's something that's really happening in my life. And so I just want to begin to like do some heart work. Because the first thing we need to do is repent, right? Um, I, I think uh, these are some signs that if you, are, if you are seeking to be the savior of the world that you live in, um, what will happen probably is you will grow increasingly frustrated um, with the people around you. So what, meant to, what was meant to be a blessing now has become a burden, and it's like, man, I, I, I love this kingdom, but at the same time, like if we would just get it right, you know, <laughs> and it just, there's this burden that begins to, and you're like, if, if we would just begin to, um, if we would just begin to do things the way that I would see them be done, well, then things would go well. And it's like, well, you know what? That's, I, I, I can appreciate that, but there is a king and there is, there is a kingdom and it's his. Um, we begin to grow tired and burdened by the things that used to bring us life like others around you. You can go frustrated or anxious when it feels like things are happening without you. Uh, we can be anxious in general because our expectations are not being met, and you can be angry because your ideas are not being Im implemented the way that you wanted them to. Um, those are all things that it's just like, man, um, I think those are things that ultimately... Um, it is good to care deeply about the kingdom and the direction of what God is doing. Uh, but if this thing feel, begins to feel like it's a burden that is carried for, like day to day, I just want to invite you into this space and be like, hey, you don't have to carry that. In fact, I'm pleading with you to not carry that. You can't carry that for the other person next to you, and you can't carry the mission for the entire church. Like, just be, please. You know, like, let's just be citizens. And can we, like, our role in this, then what is that? Our role in this is citizens, sons, daughters, future heirs with Christ. Like, I mean, how good is that? Like, that is what we get to enjoy. Like, that is what we get to bring into this world that doesn't know anything of this kingdom. That is what it means that we have a king, a king on the throne. And he bears a weight that only he can bear. The second thing that he does, the other reason that it's really good that we have a king, is that he dwells with his people. That's what he does. 
That's what the king does. So if you look, we've talked about this at length. If you look all throughout the Old Testament, the temple. If you look at the garden, like Jesus walking in the garden. You look at like the prophets, they're speaking about like not just the tabernacle, but the temple and this future temple. Future temple. And when Jesus comes, it's like Emmanuel, God with us, right? So like, there is this like what's defining of the kingdom. Like the most defini- definitive factor of that kingdom is that God is with them. That's it. That's what makes you a part of this kingdom. So um, this, is, this is why it's so encouraging that this is where Jesus ends. This is his final encouragement to his disciples. In Matthew 28, 18, he says, And Jesus came, and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What a start. All authority. Specifically, he points, it, it's pointing us back to his high priestly prayer where it says, Authority for salvation and over death has been given to me. Jesus has authority. Like our king has authority. Um, what does he do with that? He commissions. He says, Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's it. Like, if you could grab hold of that last thing, like, that's what he's saying. I'm here with you. And so, if you have gone through this past year, um, and you have felt like you are part of a church plant, but felt like you are far from the king, I want that to change today. Um, Like, now. (laughs) You know? Um, That is not, that is not what we're called to. Um, and this is going to begin to feel like a burden. The greatest joy in all of this is not community. It's not that we have a purpose. It's not that we have an identity as church planters. It's not that we um, even have blessings and gifts. The greatest joy and the gift in all of this is Jesus. That's it. Like, let's, let's rally around that. You have Jesus. Like, I've been given Jesus. That's what we have as citizens that's the joy that we have. So this gives clarity to the goal. So maybe if you think about this next year and if you want a tangible thing to, to like hold on to, this next year, our goal, it's not going to be just about, you know, how well do you reach your neighbors or how, how well do you love on the people around you? Certainly those things are the things we're going to be discussing. But maybe the goal needs to be, are you a person that dwells in the presence of the king? Like, can we start there? Are you someone that dwells in the presence of of the king. Because to claim to be a citizen of the king but lack of relationship of the kingdom but lack of relationship with the king doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of good things that come from being in his presence. Like really really good things. Um I want to talk about a couple of them. Uh the first one is purpose. We're going to look at the high priestly prayer soon, but what he says in John 20, 21, as Jesus is praying over us, our name's in there, it's said as other, but future. Um, What he says over us is that he says, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. There's this like purpose, like at a citizen and 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 a member of this kingdom, you now have a unique purpose in this world. You're commissioned to go. There's comfort 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in his comfort also. Right? 
So it's like, man, like, has this year been difficult? Yeah, like at times, sure. I'm sure we could talk about things that were difficult. I'm sure we could talk about things that are really, really good. But in and amidst all of that, when our comfort isn't based on the fact that things are going well, or our comfort isn't based on the fact that things are going poorly in sight. Like we get the same comforted in Christ Jesus. This spirit that we have through Christ is with us at all times. And then we're going to talk about this a lot this, a lot this year. Um, power. Power. This is where your power comes from. Um, I don't know why. So quickly, uh, we are convinced that we lack power. It's like we enter into a battle and we pull out this handgun. And it's like, listen, there is like a grenade launcher right next to you. Pick it up, right? Like there's real power within your like fingertips. And I don't know if you believe that. And I'm trying to believe it more and more. But I want us to begin to at least explore, could one of our goals this year to say, we are going to discover together every inch of power that is available to us because we, we need it. We need it. We absolutely need it. So there's an artillery that is available to us, and we're set on discovering it. Of course, everything comes back to inception. So let me, <laughs> let me watch Let's watch this video really quick. <laughs> it's this moment where you're just like, all right, I'm in a battle. And you get like, in that, you don't need to know the whole backstory to that. But there's this moment where you're just like, I'm in a battle and you're completely focused on the enemy. What the enemy doesn't want you to know is that you have greater weapons, right? It's just like, you walk, he walks in and he's just like, you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. You know, he's just like, pulls out his bazooka and it's like one shot. Boom. And I'm like, listen, there's a battle that we're going into. Like it's, I'm not saying that like, it is, it's a difficult road ahead, and that's, that's okay, right? But, like, let's begin to think like people that have access to, like, supernatural, serious power. The way that it's said in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, it says, For though we live in, a war, in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. All right, let's, let's fight differently than the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. We have divine power to demolish strongholds. Like, pff, that's what we have. Like, you fight this and you wage this war over and over and over again. Let's begin to fight it with the weapons that we have. So this year, man, prayer, right? And the power of the spirit that we were promised um, that's a goal for us this year is to see that realized more so um, than, than it is right now. The second thing, I mean, the next thing is protection. Um, so this is David in Psalm, Psalm 46, 1. He says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Like, I, I don't know, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you feel walking in here today. Um, I know, like, we know each other's stories pretty well. And, and there's, I know that there's a lot of things going on, with, even within a small room like this. And sometimes what we need is comfort, but also some, some of the, one of the best ways to comfort is just to know, like, God is like, I'm, like, I'm here. I'm an ever-present help. I'm fighting on your behalf. Like, there's a real protection. There's a spiritual war, but there's a real protection that is to be had in Jesus, the King. Um, and lastly, assurance. Hebrews 10, 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, 
with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Assurance. We see again that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee and assurance of what is to come. Um, We have this guarantee in the Spirit uh, that gives for us a confidence that the battle will be won. Um, I don't know if this is an okay prayer, but one of the things that I've been praying um, this past, just recently, uh, was that we would get our edge back. (laughs) Um, And this is what I mean by that. Edge does not have to do with um, the plan and the strategy um, and even just how specific you can be. Uh, you can have all of the plan and the strategy in the world, but you can lack heart, the heart to do it. Um, what an edge is, is a confidence that no matter what the circumstance is, that you're confident in your ability to fulfill it. And if you talk about yourself as a king, then maybe, just maybe, we would begin to be people that as we walk into battles, that we would acknowledge that even though they're difficult, we would be expectant that the victory is going to be had. Like, what can, what can man do to me, you know? Like, it, let's, let's begin to speak like people that expect that the, the victory is already won. How, man, how intimidating for the enemy to know that we are beginning to hear the voice of our king that says, I have won, right? And we begin to speak that to one another. Like, as we talk to each other, it's not that we dismiss that things are difficult at times, but it's that we come alongside each other and it's just like, listen, listen. Like, there is an assurance, there's a king, there's, this battle's real, but it's, there's victory to be had. Let's move forward, right? There's a confidence that breeds in us an ability to move forward with eagerness and to challenge whatever comes our way. It's an edge that we're meant to have as citizens of this kingdom. That comes from the fact that Jesus is king, right? All of that. Everything that I just said all comes from the fact that there is a king of this kingdom. We're meant to draw near to him, and he carries a weight that we can't carry on our own. All right, so second thing. I'm going to, oh, whoa, it is 9.59. Oh, man, Um, it's going to run a little bit late, guys. I can't do this in one minute. Um, we're learning about vision day, you know, like we're setting a schedule, but God directs the plans. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, the king is, the kingdom is one. Um, the kingdom is one, not one like victory, one like one person. Um, so let's look at the high priestly prayer, John 17, 20 through 23. It says, I do not ask for these only, these only, but also for those. Guys, if you haven't read the high priestly prayer, please take some time to read it. Like what Jesus is praying here is for his disciples, but he's saying, I'm not praying also for these followers. I'm praying for those. Let's look at who those are. Um, those will, who will believe in me through their word. That's us, right? Like those are the people that are going to believe because the gospel continues to grow. So as the word continues to move forward, those is us. So the, this is Jesus' prayer for you, that they would be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that you also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, in I in them and you in me, 
that they may become perfectly one so that the, wor- the world may know that you sent me and love them and as, even as you loved me. One. Like, that's like Jesus' prayer. Why, have you ever wondered, like, why is that the priority? There's, of all the things that Jesus could pray, like, there are so many things that he could pray for. And, and yet, there's just this big portion of this prayer where he's saying, make them one. Make them one. And you see at the end that that oneness is directly tied to the way that the world is going to relate to the kingdom. So the fact that we are one impacts our proclamation, Right? So like the way that we display our oneness is a reflection of the oneness of the God of God and the Father and the Holy Spirit. They're one. And as children, we are now connected to Christ and we are one. And so over and over you hear this like, make them one. And the world is going to see them and they're going to see that something's different because they're one, right? It's like we must be one. That's what the kingdom is. I think this is a big point for us this year. Um, it's a huge goal for us, is that we, would, that we would grow in unity this next year. Um, that I, I know that we're learning. Um, I've learned so much about just church this past year. Um, but what, what, I, what I believe is that there is a level of unity and a oneness that is yet to be had within our body. Um, and if you look at Ephesians 4, the means by which that unity is had is through the Spirit. Um, so we're excited this year for that to be a real tangible goal for us, that we would interact with each other with gentleness and humility, <clears throat> but, also that, but also that as a people, we would not just be one in relationship, but we would be one in the way that we function as a body, right? So in the roles that we have, in the gifts that are being displayed, um, that it would be overwhelmingly evident within the body and, with, and outside looking in that we function in a oneness that is just not from this world. Um, comes from a commonality in Christ in the same spirit. An acknowledgement to say there's, like, there's roles here, you know, and that's a good thing. Like we are all members of this body and each member plays a role. And I think um, if, we're, if that's done poorly, we can begin to think of that as, well, we're all members to accomplish what's happening in these walls. Um, so, you know, if you can sing, then you sing. If you can preach, then you preach. If you can greet, then you greet. If you can make coffee, you make coffee. And I'm like, sure, great. That's, that's absolutely it. But the proclamation of the church is greater outside of these walls, right? Like the kingdom proclaims outside of these walls. And so if we're going to talk about our oneness, we need to begin to think of it as something that's not just happening within this space and in our gatherings, but we need to think, about a, think of it as something that is, is happening within the world at large. Like, what are you gift, like what has the Spirit gifted you in that is unique, that has place, places you within a, a body that requires both confidence and humility, trust, you know, I mean, like, this, this is going to be something that is going to take time. But we are, this year, we are leaning into that. We're, we are going to discover. Um, and when we talk about power, 
we believe that that's where it comes from. So Ephesians 4 says it this way. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. It says, he gave in the, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Guys, that's so encouraging. It's challenging, but it's also encouraging to say he, gave us, he didn't give us the apostles to do the work of the ministry. He gave them to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? So like every single one of us plays a role in this. And if you, like, if you don't feel equipped, let's talk about it, you know? Like, I want to discuss that because that is our role, like, in particular, is to make sure that, like, like each individual member is working and functioning properly as it was meant to be. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Why? For the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all then attain, what, the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by, the waves, by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and holding together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Like, that's it. That's what we aim to do as a kingdom, is to be active participants in this. I think the way that I've been thinking about this is just like on ramps. Like how, how do we get our people to not observe the ministry being done, but to participate in this? Because if, if we were to just look at Brian and I, we have two very limited perspectives. Um, and we're limited in our gifting. Um, and so if we were to pull everyone together, I mean, we have a perspective from a million different angles. And there's a mil- that same spirit is in all of us. There's a million different ways that the Lord could lead. And it's going to require submission and humility and time and patience and putting down expectations and all of that. Like, let's not immediately be- begin to bring back our expectations into this. But I think if we were to go do this together, that there could be a unity and a direction and a power that is just unique. And it's not of this world. So that's what we're aiming for, to be doing all of this at the end of that. In love. So the goal is that each member of the body would be fully equipped and working properly so that the body can grow. That's a goal this year. Um, We're going to keep rolling. Uh, The kingdom is made of sent people. The kingdom is made of sent people. All right, let's keep going back to the high priestly prayer. Um, So he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in, in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. I think... This is what, again, what we need to begin to think is the majority of this calling is not going to be lived out um, like in and amongst each other. Like if, if we begin to think like, okay, I'm a member of the church plant because I attend certain things. I'm a member of establishing a church here because I attend things and um, I, uh, I keep, I maintain relationships. Um, that sounds like 
boring and tiring. Um, I think the goal here is, to, is that we would be sent people wherever we are. God has placed you here in Philadelphia right now. And so when we gather together as a kingdom, what's that meant, what that's meant to do is to equip us to be sent out. So if you are only feeling like you are sent and, f- and filled with life when you are with the body, something's missing. Like there's a mission missing. So if your mission has become just to participate in the events that are happening here, you have a small mission and view of what God's called you to here. It's much greater. Like good news, much greater. There is a mission to be had within the places and the, the places and the spaces that we go in every single day. Places that we live, the neighbors that we are next to. And I know we say this over and over and over again, but I, I just want you to know, like, one of the reasons that people can feel disconnected from what's happening is not necessarily because there's not enough happening. It's because they've last, they've began to become disconnected from the mission in their own life. It's this, like, what? I go to work and I'm, I'm tired, you know? And I just go to work and I get through that so that I can go and be home with my family, you know? I go to work and I get through that so I can go and just be with the missional community. Um, that is, I don't, that's not the kingdom. Um, all right, I don't know if we've read this. I've probably read it 20 million times. Um, I'm trying to remember if I read it in service, but we're gonna read it again. Okay, so this is, this is Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you want this book, we have them available. You can have it. It's yours. Um, this is what he says about the kingdom. He said, It's not simply to be taken for granted that the Christian has the privilege of living amongst other Christians. Jesus Christ lived in the midst of his enemies. At the end of all, his disciples deserted him. On the cross, he was utterly alone, surrounded by evildoers and mockers. For this cause, he has come to bring peace to the enemies of God, So the Christian, too, belongs not in the seclusion of a clustered life, but in the thick of his foes. This is his commission and his work. The kingdom is to be in the midst of your enemies. And he who will not suffer this does not want to be of the kingdom of Christ. He wants to be among friends, to sit among roses and lilies, not with the bad people, but with the devout people. Oh, you blasphemers and betrayers of Christ, if Christ had done what you are doing, who would ever have been spared? Hmm. I will sow them among the people and they will remember me in far countries. According to God, God's will, Christendom is a scattered people, scattered like seed into all the kingdoms of the earth. That, it, that is its curse and its promise. God's people must dwell in far countries among the unbelievers, but it will be the seed of the kingdom of God in all the world. Um, I think if we're not careful, we can find ourselves... Um, listing the sacrifices that we made and lacking to actually be participants in the kingdom where God has called us to. Um, We list those sacrifices and we say, we are actually following the king. Um, As if it's a badge of honor. You are always going to sacrifice. Your king sacrificed. Um, The call, the call is to be a participant, a citizen, and a member of a kingdom outside of this time and within everyday life together. So we are made to be people that were sent. We're sent people. Um, lastly, and I'll, I'll keep this one very brief, uh, the kingdom grows in community. Um, 
man, we're excited about this this year. Uh, because I think something that has been, we've been praying a lot. It's just like, man, we, we revert to our old ways very quickly. Um, and I think something that Brian's going to get to talk about today uh, is that one of the things that I think that we have, have tried to do is to do all of kingdom life in every circle that we have, right? So we tried to do um, all of community life on Sunday morning, all of community life in missional community, all of community life in DNA group. And what you find is that you're overwhelmed. And you're just like, man, I can't do all this. And, and, and it really doesn't equip us to be sent. It actually can make us tired, <laughs> Um, and so I, I think one of the things that was super encouraging for us um, was that God answered some prayers for us as we were praying about, just give us clarity on what missional community is, but like, how do we do life together as a church? Um, and community is a gift that is meant to be treasured. And it's a gift that's actually meant to multiply us, like our own giftings, right? It's, it's meant to be a tool in your tool belt. Like you should be a better evangelist because you you're connected to your community. You've got people around you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think what was helpful for us was to talk ab again about, like, defining these circles, like missional community. What is it and what is it not? Um, like, is it, is it going to be a place where we need to fulfill every part of this call to be a community? No, probably not. Um, you're going to be a family, you're going to be missionaries, and you're going to be servants. What we aim to do this year, I think specifically around missional community, is to redeem a missional element that could have potentially been lost along the way um, because we default to what we know. And so I, I think we're excited about coming to the table again and being like, what does it look like for this community to be like seriously missional, like to create spaces consistently for lost people to come into and not spaces where we're like saying, hey, come in and come in like, like, read the Bible with me. Because the bridge, it just feels like it's too far, right? We're trying to create spaces where we're just like, let's exchange stories. Like, maybe not officially share stories. Let's get to know people, right? Like, let's get to know people, like, as people. And let's be curious, as we should be, about others, right? And, and let's share ourselves and not just try to gain somebody else. And so I, I think we're excited about creating those spaces consistently within our missional communities and allowing a DNA group to be what it's supposed to be, which is a, a time of spiritual life and vitality where you can go and be known and allowing Sunday morning in the kingdom gathered to be what it's meant to be. And it's not that you're not going to feel this connection with it, your missional community. What I'm saying is it should be greater. Like, there should be a greater connection within the community that you're immediately around because you're on mission together. Like, what greater joy is there for you to be sitting next to a fellow Christian and to be sharing Christ with someone that doesn't know them? How, I mean, you can't tell me that's not going to give you life. What greater joy is there to just be sitting next to someone and be like, that person would have never stepped in church. But I know, and they know me, and we all learned together. It's like... I, I think we have some learning to do, and we're excited about that. Um, so I, I think I'm hoping that this feels my goal for today as I begin to just pray about like what this could be. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to hold our feet to the fire, but more than that, I'm like, there needs to be this pressure release. Like there needs to be, I get the picture of like being in a submarine and it's like there's too much pressure, you know? Like there's a pressure release of valve around here, around here, here somewhere. We need to, we need to find it. Um, and that for me is exciting because I'm like, man, hey, 
you're not the king. You don't have, that's not on your shoulders. Good. Good news. You know, you've got power that's available to you that you may have not been aware of. Good. We're going to find it. Like there's, you don't, your missional community, your DNA group, your Sunday morning gathering, community is going to feel different. It's going to be better. Um, it doesn't have to be everything in every circle. Good. That's good news. I think we're excited about what this means for us as a body. There's greater unity to be had. And it's built around the same vision that Jesus gave us. Um, we're a kingdom, and he is the king. So we're going to take a break. Um, then we'll come back, and we're going to spend a lot of time in prayer, praying over this individually, corporately. Um, but let me pray for us right now. Um, and we're gonna, I think we're going to close with a couple of worship songs. Is that right? Did I say that? Maybe. Okay. So I'm, I'm having a hard time with keeping schedule right, guys. <laughs> uh, let me pray. Um, Father, you, um, yeah, king. Um, you are king on the throne. And Lord, this morning, I pray that uh, we would feel that you are closer than, um, than maybe we have felt that you ever have been. Um, I don't know what was brought into this room, uh, but I, I do pray, Lord, that we would leave here with a better understanding of what it means not just to plant a church, um, a better understanding of what it means to be citizens of a kingdom. Um, Father, I pray that we would, this wouldn't stop here. Um, Lord, would your spirit like do something far greater right now than what I can do? Um, would your spirit speak life into our people would there be truth and as a result of that faith and when that faith results in steadfastness which would result in just kingdom growth um father would we begin to speak these things to one another can you not to speak through me i'm one voice father can you speak through um through the kingdom to each other um consistently through the power of your spirit will you will we speak the word to each other often um lord we're desperate for you, um, would you um, do what you've always promised to do? Um, Lord, your kingdom is coming. Uh, it's a joy to be a part of it right now. In your name, amen.